0: This program contains mature subject matter
1: Including Maladjusted youth Masochistic hillbillies And the excitement of the price is right It
2: may be deemed inappropriate For our younger viewers
1: Viewer discretion advised I would like If I may To take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'm giving you a choice.
3: I can put on these glasses. B- 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 I'll start eating that trash.
1: You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we're worth we
3: had a real chance with this. <laughs> <laughs> Miss
4: Grady, weren't you once the once I'm the world here? Why no, sir? i the i did the believe so. You, uh, married man, are you, Mr. Grady?
3: Yes, sir. Hmm? I have a wife and uh, two daughters, sir. Hmm.
4: And, uh,
3: where are they now? Oh, they're somewhere around. I'm not quite sure at the moment, sir.
4: Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here.
1: I recognize you.
2: I saw your picture in the newspapers. You, uh, chopped
3: your wife and daughter up into little bits. And, uh, then you blew your brains out. I don't have any recollection of that at all.
4: Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here.
3: I'm sorry to differ with you, sir, but
1: you...
5: We're just laughing it off and uh, things have always been here. Uh, welcome. This is Behind the Schemes, episode 127. It is currently November 21st, 2022, and my name is Lavish. Usually I host this show every Monday night with a man named Booberry, uh, who is uh, out for the night. He will be back next Monday because we are live every single Monday uh, for now. We're live every Monday at 730 Pacific, 830 Mountain Time, 930 Uh, central time and 10 30 eastern and uh, i'm just coming to you live all over the world through the rss the old really simple syndication feed and uh, i'm joining you here on a beautiful monday night hope you're well hope you're well uh usually the show starts off with me and my compatriot talking about how our respective days went uh the day's been fine It's kind of weird to have that conversation by yourself. So, in that spirit, maybe I'll just move through that bit and get right to the tarot draw, you see. We always do a tarot draw for every single show. Uh, Maybe you're uh, into tarot, maybe you're not into tarot, maybe tarot isn't something that you have put in any time into, or interest. But we around here, we like to draw a card now and again, you know, just to kind of Kind of set the tone, get the vibe going, see what's going out there in the world. And tonight, I drew a very uh, popular card that everybody loves to get the Death Card. That's right, the Death Card. Now, uh, the Death Card is a, a rather ominous when you see it right away. It is a little scary, it is a little uh, jarring to get the Death Card. You know, you start thinking the worst. But the truth is, is the death card actually isn't it isn't the worst card in the deck. It's not uh it's not always a sign of gloom and doom. I think that they're just off the top of my head at least three or four other cards that are easily way worse than this card. As far as as bad omens. I have here well, I drew from a, a nice set that Quirk S gave me, the Gilded Tarot set. Uh, I wasn't able to get a photo through from it, so I have a classic or weight image in the show notes. If you haven't gone to the show notes, you might want to uh, do that over at zososcorner.substack.com. Uh, everything that we're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about tonight, will be referenced or uh, photographed or placed in some way, shape, or form in the show notes. You go to zososcorner.substack.com. And this is episode 127. Um, Reading from a lovely book that I got from a gentleman named uh, Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer in the land of Kansas City, Missouri. This is a book that is illustrated and uh, narrated by David DeAngelis, who is an artist who worked with David Bowie and did a lot of great uh, work with him when he was alive, the great, great, uh, late David Bowie. And in this book, I think they have some very well-written articles that have nice theses on, on each and every card. And I think every deck should come with a good book, you know. That's, uh, that's the BTS medical advice to kick us all off. For the Death Card, this book says, I know that this too shall pass which I think aligns with my general idea of the death card, as a, it's not a sign of of dying and going away. It's more a card of rebirth. It's about even if you are in the dredges, even if you're going through a hard time, this too shall pass. Eventually you'll get back to something else. If you really want to manifest that for yourself, if that's if that is what is on your mind, then that's what's going to happen for yourself. You just put your energy into that. It won't happen quickly, it won't happen easily maybe, but it will happen. Something will happen because everything passes, no matter what. Bad times, good times, um, time passes and you get to shift in phases sometimes. According to this book, the highly revered card does not signify a physical death. It heralds the death of a particular situation externally or part of you internally. Like all major transitions, it brings with it substantial amounts of grief, anxiety, hopelessness, and fear. The end of a chapter in life can be hard to accept, but accept it you must, if you wish to move on. Death depicts the ghostly resonance of an inhabited skeleton floating in space, and he talks about the card image itself, which isn't as important. We're talking just about the The sort of meaning of the card. But death and birth, as the book goes on, intimately are linked. We can't have one without the other. They work together. So he's bringing up duality. One leads to the other, and the presence of one calls to the presence of the other. And in a very real sense, we are living the cycles of death and rebirth all the time. Every night in sleep, we experience a mini-death. And that's what they also call the French... uh, That's what they call the orgasm. That's an aside for me. The dissolution of awareness of the physical body makes way for the mental dream body, which then dissolves to enter deep sleep, silent, empty awareness, where you reattach yourself to the great, the great silence that has been around forever and will always be, long after we're gone, the foundation upon which all is built. In this plane, death indicates that sudden and unexpected change is imminent. The ending of a major phase or aspect of your life is to be trusted. Death is the master cleanser. If you surrender to the process of disillusion, the letting go of situations and ways of being that you've outgrown, allowing it to unfold naturally, there will be much new growth, new life. We can use death as a catalyst to awaken to life. Ponder, for example, how would you live life if you knew that you are going to die in a year's time? What authentic risks would you take? What conversations would you have? A year to live. Hmm. Well, I think that's kind of a a morbid thought, but you know, I definitely see the point of why you would uh, truly live every day like it's your last. All of our hearts in the chat. By the way, we got a uh, hashtag greenroom. If you go onto an old IRC client, you could find us at irc.zero it's the address of the, uh, uh, what would you call it? The, the channel server, server that we're on something like that. And, uh, we have, a uh, if you find yourself on the zero node server, you can always go hashtag green room. And that's where we're at. One word green room. And Oliver Hart is in the chat. And he says that Bowie was a pedo. He smashed 15 year old girls. It's true. Uh, he did it with Jimmy page. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was the 70s and it was rock and roll and that's what they were doing all kinds of crazy shit that's uh that's just the tip of the iceberg unfortunately but yeah thanks for bringing that up if we State asked where she can uh, find the gematria chart it can be found at liveislit.com i believe liveislit.com yeah you go to liveislit.com l i v e islit.com and then you go down to number six, click here to see the list of possibilities that you can have if you want to boost us. And a boost or boost, is simply a, a payment of uh, Bitcoin. It's a, we found a way to do these little instantaneous transactions of Bitcoin. And if you give us a certain amount of Bitcoin, well, then in the chat room, you're going to get a little message. You're going to get a little, a little, uh, a little secret message. great there's a lot we we love it actually it's fantastic there's there's all kinds of numbers there's all kinds of options for different numbers you can use the same numbers over and over again and given the fact that uh, Bitcoin is tanking like the Titanic these boosts have never been more affordable you can send us a boost for, for pennies you can get your own secret internet relay chat message for pennies on the dollar I'm telling you, it's it's a steal. You got to get in before the uh, Bitcoin comes back up again. Times like these when everybody's uh, all doom and gloom about markets and things like that. These are the times where uh, interesting things happen. You know what I mean? But anyway, that I think that ties in well with the tarot card that we're talking about tonight, the death card. In order for good times to happen, sometimes bad times must happen. And good times can be appreciated so much more after a bad time. Anybody who's ever gone a long time without eating, if they've gone a day or two or more without eating a meal, and then when you finally eat that meal after after starving all that time, you have that meal, oh my God, it's the best thing that you've ever eaten. And you sit there and you have the greatest meal of your life or if you or if you're in jail and you get out of jail and you go stay at a Motel 6 while you get your shit together that sleep at that Motel 6 is like the best most luxurious night's sleep you've ever had it takes a bad time sometimes to to see the good in the world and to truly enjoy your life if you're going through hardship uh, obviously hardship sucks and you know it's easier said than done to say hey appreciate it Or, not appreciate it, but use it. Use it to have a better time in your life. You live and then you learn. So that's the death card, and it's a beautiful card. And like I said, there there are worse cards in the deck than the death card. I think the Three of Swords and the Tower, those are all terrifying cards to pull. Uh, Death is cool. Death actually signifies a sort of a hope. You know what I mean? Anyway, we have a beautiful show tonight uh, with uh, what we got. You know, whenever Booberry steps out and it's just a little old me, a little lavish on the stream, uh, it just, I get to kind of try certain things, I get to do stuff, you know, I get to do stuff that maybe we didn't have time to do otherwise, because we, we Boo, between Booberry and I, we like to cover a lot of ground, and if you have seen our or listened to our show before, thank you for listening to the show, first of all. And if you've never listened to the show before, well, thank you for joining us. That's very kind of you. You're already a producer. That is because we are a value-for-value value production. Uh, we don't have any corporate sponsorship. We don't have any ads. We don't have any reads. We don't do any sort of uh, sucking up to anybody for money other than just people who like the show, that enjoy the show, that contact us, whether that's through email or through um, through the chat room, whatever that is. That is where... Our our whole thing lies, isn't that? Because we don't want ads. We don't want people to tell us what we can or can't say. We like to talk about things that aren't being talked about. And there's a reason why people don't talk about certain things. Uh, at least at, at the levels that people consider mainstream or at the highest levels, the most um, well-produced levels. And without this sort of platform, what is the internet even for otherwise? I mean, the, the, the internet and, and all of this technology that we've developed in our lifetime, at least, is, is perfectly built to circumnavigate all of these controlled narratives, all of these, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hyperbole to call it brainwashing, I know, but it is brainwashing in the sense that it's just meant to inundate you with the wrong stuff. And, you're, and over time, because everybody is eating all of this wrong stuff, it's normal and it's accepted to just do the wrong thing and to think the wrong thing. And sometimes knowing and doing the right thing is very complicated and it can be very lonely sometimes because people get confused. And that's just natural. Everybody gets confused. Uh, and we're just trying to be part of something it's not just us. There's a ton of shows all over the place. Uh, you may be listening right now on the No Agenda stream, which we are live on. And there are all kinds of shows, including No Agenda itself, of course, that contributes to this effort, this this big effort we're all trying to make to provide information that we think is real and that you may not otherwise have access to. And um, without this value-for-value value system that sort of thing would be much more difficult to do. Maybe impossible. So that's all I have to say about Value for Value. Also, you should call in... Boost with the force. Let your feelings guide you.
4: Rock and roll is here to stay. Hard-ass, blistering rock and roll. I both
5: read and masturbate to tarot.
6: Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore and uh, end of
7: story. Hail set.
4: 1, 2, 2, 6,
1: 3, 7, 9, 9, 9. Hey, Horace,
4: how's it going? Tell me get off
5: your rocks.
7: Get off the rocks.
5: 6, 1, two, two, six, three. Seven nine nine nine. Please call that number and let me know uh, what you're thinking, because uh, we actually have all of that coming through. If you send me a, 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 a screen mail at six one two two six three seven nine nine nine, we will play it on the air. We don't screen anything. We're we're I don't know. I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. Running
0: last night and then driving to work this morning and stuff and, and just seeing all the, like, Christmas lights up, man. Like, just enjoy the season you're in. You you still got, like, over a month, man. You know, like, wait, wait, wait a little bit. You know, if you want to put them up, wait to put the lights up, man. Just, just enjoy where you're at, you know. So stop with the Christmas lights!
2: Too early. All right. we Later. Okay, bye.
5: You are right, caller. It is too early for Christmas lights. It's it's November twenty first, twenty twenty two, which means that it's too early. It's just just wait. Just wait. I mean the first week of December even is a little early. I would wait till the second week of December to start putting up Christmas stuff. It happens fast. Just wait, please. Excuse me. I'm telling you. Caller's right. Thank you for calling in, caller. Uh, we have more scream mails. You should call me in because I want to hear from you. I want to hear about your fury and your anger with Christmas lights. If you call me at 612-263-7999, give
6: us a call. Hey, hogs. Oh, shit. No. Screams, screams. Hey, screamers. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Fuck, I fucked that up. No, I was actually calling to say I'm catching up on the No Agenda shows, and uh, I hear. A, look, I'm not as fluent as I used to be, my my friend, that we would practice. You know the, the Russian, the Russian. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hear me, Robert? Russian. The Russian. Or we would speak the Russian to each other to get better in our conversation
5: conversation and
6: then you know that the conversational russian does not include the hooey hooey that mr curry keeps saying hooey hooey look you i'm not going to say the word or name for that thank you that he sounds like the man no the the Filthy. If it's a certain slang that is, <laughs> you don't just say, oh, hey, friend, fuck you. We're not punks. You don't just say, hey, fuck you, man. Oh, you're going Fuck you. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> or in traffic, you're like, <laughs> oh. You scream at someone. You don't just, <laughs> like he keeps saying on his goddamn show. It is a fucking joke. Anyway, I tell you I'm not as uh, fresh in my <clears throat> I'm, I'm not so fresh in my in my Russian speak lately, but uh yeah. No hooey hooey. that that just sounds like drop my balls, please.
5: Yeah. It does. It does call her. That's right, doctor sir. It speaks. It speaks like. It involves balls. Hooey, hooey. Who knows? Hooey, hooey. Knows, man. Thank you for bringing your Russian experiences to the schemes. We appreciate that. Uh, again, listening to Behind the Schemes, episode one twenty six. I'm sorry, one twenty seven. <laughs> That's right. It's one twenty seven. Uh, 126 was last week. That was an episode called "The Kink and Attack." Now, where Booberry challenged me to a game of chess, I'm going to read off the boostograms really quick, uh, while I have them in front of me. The boost that came in since last week, uh, Servo sent in 120 sets saying "test" via the podcast index. Uh, who? Let's see what else. Servo also boosted. Oh my God, he boosted six 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 sets saying "test goat." And I don't, I'm all out of, I usually have a ranch full of goats. Usually I got a ton of goats sitting around and Booberry and I, we just sit there and we just, oh my God, we slaughter them by the dozen and just get blood and guts and, and, and goat meat everywhere. And I cannot believe we got it. We, we killed all these goats, Pitar and all these guys, they come in and they killed all our goats. So we had to order new goats. So I'm, I'm waiting on the fresh supply. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to... Write this down. You hear this? I just wrote that down, and we're going to slaughter the shit out of a goat next time, next week. Uh, also, Nam wants to slaughter a goat. He sent in 66, 66 sats, and he says, Satan Claus is coming to town via fountain. And he's right. He's very right. Satan Claus is coming to town. Uh Sir Jean Roch, says who Who is Maori and Curry knows that, says Servo. Hmm. You know, I was wondering if that was Sir Jean. It was a very convincing uh Russian accent. And I uh you know, Sir Jean is our is our resident Russian guy around here. So you know how it is. You know how it is. Um
8: world is behind the schemes.
5: So, last week, I brought up a guy that I think has been around in, in the mainstream media a lot lately. Uh, who uh, His name is uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, and I don't mean to push away so coolly from all the boosters. I want to say thank you to all the boosters and to everybody who uh, has uh, contributed to the show in a meaningful way. Uh, that'll all be in the show notes. Zososcorner.substack.com, episode 127. And I will uh, also mention the producers who sent in through the PayPal on the second, second half of show. This is a two-act show, as you well know, with an intermission. So we will get to those guys a little later. In the meantime, I want to talk about this guy. I don't know why I'm... I'm this guy is fascinating to me because, like I said in the previous show, and if you want to get kind of a background on on what on who this guy is and what he's done, this Sam Bankman Freed and the FTX scandal, then I would recommend that you listen to the last episode, episode one hundred and twenty six, uh, and get the skinny on that one. This is sort of a, just a, a minor follow up because more information has come to light, man, uh, but. Just so everybody knows, I'll do a little recap for you.
2: So what did Alameda Research do? Well, essentially, they were a crypto hedge fund of sorts. They carried out trades, matched buyers and sellers, and would give investors a supposed return. An alleged 2019 promotional document raises some eyebrows. To get people in the door, Alameda promised 15% annualized fixed rate returns with no downside. As later reported by the Wall Street Journal, The firm would use customer deposits as loans for trading. Alameda Research would later receive $10 billion in FTX customer funds. FTX, of course, was also owned by Sam. Gambling and investing with customer funds without their knowledge is a clear violation in traditional finance.
8: Like $10 billion in customer funds were transferred to Alameda. Now, both the Wall Street Journal and Reuters are reporting that billions of dollars was being
2: used on Alameda. So billions of dollars in FTX Mm. customer money is being traded on the Alameda uh, like through their uh, trading house. And so that's especially
8: concerning. I mean, you can't, you can't take customer funds without yep. their consent. And the spe- what's especially bad about it, Brian, is that it, it's a clear violation of FTX's own uh, guidelines. No,
2: no. FTX and the Almeda offices are located in the Bahamas, just steps apart from each other in a co-working compound.
5: In a co-working compound. Uh, I don't want that cut off there. So, yeah, just to recap, Sam Bankman-Fried, the 30-year-old billionaire crypto guy, he had an exchange, he had uh, uh, several businesses that he used to, he sort of is a pioneer, in a way, of creating high-risk, high-reward, speculative uh, businesses regarding cryptocurrency, where you can do leverage trades, you can do options trading, you can do all of the the classic Wall Street stuff, but you can do it with cryptocurrency. And it's, this is so new, and this is so fresh. This is such a, a bleeding-edge thing, as it were, that in a very, mind you, rustic and old banking world, where money and, and certain things have just been the way they've been forever and ever, this guy is a little peanut and all of it, but he grew real, real big, real fast. And this is the big kind of question about him. Where did he come from? Who are the people that he worked with? And what was his team that devised this sort of scam, this sort of scandal that is just so fresh on the scene that it took a little while for people to kind of catch up to it. People are still catching up to it. And the truth is, is what I found is that he has, a, he has a tight-knit group of people. He has connections with certain individuals through uh, MIT, which is, of course, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, one of the most prestigious institutions of higher learning in the land. And uh, if you go to MIT, you are a big deal. And this guy went, and uh, I guess the friends that he made there, and he made some pretty hotshot friends, as it turns out, with some uh, other friends in very high places. And that's where things kind of get interesting
2: sam bankman with his moppy hair and unsuspecting look is at the center of this story he was born in 1992 in california to an academic and politically connected family his mother barbara is a lawyer and the co-founder of multiple democratic fundraising organizations sam's father joseph was a law professor and would later help his son raise funds for his company in 2014 sam would graduate from mit and would go on to work at the new york trading firm jane street capital There, he realized that he could make untold amounts of money trading cryptocurrency. He discovered a loophole where he could buy Bitcoin cheaper in America and sell it for a higher price in Japan. Sometimes he would shift up to $25 million a day. In 2017, he would use the money from these trades to start his own company, Alameda Research. Alameda Research was made up mostly of Sam's MIT college friends and former work colleagues. This firm would later be a key player in the collapse.
5: So he mentions how he makes his fortune as he would buy cryptocurrencies for cheap on American exchanges and then sell them at a premium on Japanese exchanges. Even though these, these, these tokens are so obscure and these exchanges are so decentralized and they're, they're their own thing that these prices vary from exchange to exchange. And this move is called arbitrage. As I mentioned in the last show, And uh, at least that's what they call it. They call it arbitrage. And it's sort of a dirty little secret on biz that it's a kind of a way that you can make quick cash. There are problems associated with it. Uh, There's tax issues, for example, uh, when you do such a vast amount of trades. If you don't have a large amount of capital to begin with, if you are, you know, doing these little tiny trades and you're just doing them every day and you're day trading and day day trading and day trading and you only make half a you know, a penny or, or whatever per transaction, then you're just cranking out all of this activity and all of it is taxable. All of it is taxable. So the way that I imagine that he did it is he just used gobs and gobs of money, which he had anyway from his, uh, his family history. And he used it and, and did it right and, and used this arbitrage system in the way that was the most beneficial, that could be most beneficial at that time. So that alone is seedy. I mean, you gotta, you got to understand. The the action of doing that is immoral, in a sense. It's not, it's not a, a productive way of creating value. It's not helping the world in any way, shape, or form. It, you're hurting people. You're, you're ripping off a system. And, you know, that money comes from somewhere. Uh, anyway, this guy makes all this money in this very dirty and nasty way. And then he goes and turns around, as a lot of great uh, billionaire entrepreneurs do. entrepreneurs do. Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, J.D. Rockefeller. After being an absolute piece of shit at the end of his life, all he could do was go around and 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 propound ideology and give money away and start all these charities and donate to education and that was a very complicated sticky web that he, he weaved. But this seems to be a sort of a psychological pattern that you see with people when they, when they make a, a ton of money and they do it in an in a astoundingly unethical way. They decide that they're going to turn around and they're going to use their, amount, their massive amounts of wealth and they're going to, you know, make the world a better place.
2: Sam supposedly believed in effective altruism, which he described as, quote, trying to figure out what practical things you can do with your life to have as much positive impact as you can on the world. He would make an impact on the world all right, but it was by no means positive. Perhaps to appear more trustworthy, as Sam became rich, he would promote himself as the resourceful billionaire choosing to drive an average Toyota instead of a typical supercar, but in reality, he would own a $30 million mansion in the Bahamas. Regardless, many social media influencers would later buy into Sam's humble brand image, and many promoted his companies.
0: Okay, the guy you see next to me is the
8: most generous billionaire in the world! And I found him! Hi,
6: my name is Sam.
2: While trading at Jane Street, Sam would make a few friends. One of these was Caroline Ellison. She and Sam would begin dating. Back in 2017, Caroline wasn't really sure what to do for a career. Sam suggested working at his new company, Alameda Research. She didn't mean to get into trading, but Caroline thought that she might as well give it a go. And with that, someone with little to no experience would quickly be on her way to becoming the CEO of what would become a multi-billion dollar operation. According to Fortune, Alameda Research, quote, was run by a gang of kids in the Bahamas, end quote. Many of the staff were Sam's ex-coworkers from the trading firm Jane Street, and others were from MIT. Sam had an inner circle of 10 people who were all housemates. They partied together and had been involved in romantic relations with each other. This group, of course, included the inexperienced CEO, Caroline, who would publicly praise amphetamine drugs on her Twitter. On her Tumblr, Caroline would state that the only acceptable polyamorous relationship should be in the form of a hierarchy, people should know where they fall within the ranking and there should be vicious power struggles between the higher ranks.
1: The Mm -hmm. group of young misfits (laughs) kept
2: high-level management in the dark about what they were actually doing. One former FTX employee told Forbes that the group was, quote, kind of a little clique, just a bunch of degenerate kids at the end of the day, end quote.
5: So it appears to be this article from Coindesk that really was the, the catalyst for a lot of things to happen. CoinDesk did this scathing article. Uh, CoinDesk, by the way, is obviously a crypto publication, uh, a newsletter of sorts, and it reported that Ellison was among a ten-person crew of FTX and Alameda employees who all lived together in the Bahamas. And they they worked together. They were all you know right across the way from one another. CoinDesk notes that all ten members we were all paired off in relationships with one another at some point. Ellison reportedly had an on-and-off-again relationship with SBF. Uh, on her Tumblr account, she likened the polyamory in the Bahama house to an imperial Chinese harem. She supposedly noted that there was an established hierarchy and that everybody knew where they fell within it, within this hierarchy. Sounds like hedonistic despotism to me. So we can assume that this guy, this SBF guy, he is at the top of this pyramid of this sex pyramid in the Bahamas, where he has these 10 guys, these 10 people who are obviously all very well-educated math majors from MIT. They're all genius math people, but, you know, as you know, if you're a genius at math, you're not always genius at other things, other aspects of your life. Uh, nobody is a genius at everything, but these guys have this high level top top mathematic engineering uh mathematical engineering i'm sorry mathematical degree i don 't know if it's an engineering degree, but they take it into the corporate world. They go in as math people, but they try to operate a business and business isn't all just you know if you if you're more clever than other people. Uh, at developing uh, formulas. (laughs) Sometimes if you break the rules long enough, people go, well, you know, it doesn't matter how smart smart you are. But Bill Gates and other kinds of guys like that, they're, you know, math nerds that went into the business world and took that with them and made something with it. With these guys, they're all a bunch of uh, 30-somethings and younger uh, that obviously party really hard. They're in the Bay Area. They probably do a lot of Molly and a lot of speed and you know maybe smoke some weed and uh, 10 of them all from MIT they're all just su- they're just super tight click you know where they just they bang each other and they hang out with each other and they don't need any anyone else but each other and that seems to be what this whole system was built on was on this group of friends uh, that more or less had some very interesting connections
2: questions about the real financial stability of FTX began swirling. It became the perfect opportunity for Sam's main rival, CZ, to step in. Sam and CZ's relationship started six months after the launch of FTX. CZ bought 20% of the exchange for about 100 million. Sam would later buy back this stock for $2 billion. This sum was paid to Binance in part by FTX's own token FTT. Meanwhile, CZ was bitter because behind closed doors, Sam had been lobbying for the creation of a brokerage-like licensing system for decentralised finance. And who would lose out the most from this arrangement? Almost all other exchanges, especially Binance, FTX's main rival. And this is where things get a bit crazy, because interestingly, it's reported that the head of the SEC, Gary Gensler, and Caroline's dad, Glenn Ellison, both worked at MIT as professors. At MIT, Caroline's dad was the former boss of the head of the SEC. An alleged leaked email shows that the SEC was going to give FTX, quote, no action relief. Basically, this means we know that you're breaking the rules, but we'll look the other way. If these reports are true, we could be looking at genuine corruption within the U.S. government.
5: Yeah, uh, Caroline's dad is Glenn Ellison. He is the head of the economics department at MIT. And he has worked with and for Gary Gensler, who is the current SEC head, the Security Exchange Commission head, and the SEC is the uh, the main institution that that regulates Wall Street. In a nutshell, that's the easy way of putting it. They are the police when it comes to finance in the United States, and uh, Gary Gensler runs it. Glenn Ellison, Carol- Carolyn's dad, is his. Good, good buddy. And uh, they've known each other for years and years. And SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, his parents are both lawyers. Or his mother is a lawyer. And they contribute a lot to political parties and things like that. So there is a sense of of an academic elite. These guys, they come from from high stock in the academic world. And because of that, they have these... Connections. Uh, we have links to Glenn Ellison and Gary Gensler in the show notes. Again, Zoso's corner dot substack.com. If you want to get the skinny on that. And then uh, really what I, what I didn't realize at the time when I reported on this last week, that the two things that kind of made all of this come to head were one, as I said before, this CoinDesk article that was written that really just ripped him apart um, and happening in the middle of a massive bear market when it comes to cryptocurrency and bitcoin uh, i mean it's at an all-time sour moment right now and all of it is in the dumps and anything that's based on funny money all this ftt token backing and anything even bit even based on bitcoin is, is never hasn't been weaker in a long time so it's extremely weak and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of weight at the top that's bringing it down from all the hype and all the bull that it just went through. But one of the things that brought all of this to a collapse was one, the, the article, and two, this CZ, the Binance guy. The Binance guy made moves. This guy is like the, uh, the Soros of the crypto world. He's great.
2: As FTX grew, CZ viewed them as a genuine competitor. He now had $2 billion worth of FTT tokens. If he wanted, he could bring down the house of cards. So he did, and the leaked CoinDesk report was the perfect excuse to do that. What set in motion the disaster was a simple tweet. It's November 6th, and CZ comes out publicly stating that Binance will dump the $2 billion worth of FTT that they got from that early FTX stake. Now FTT wasn't heavily traded, so dumping all of this on the open market at the same time would have mammoth consequences.
8: So FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Free took to Twitter this morning to clear something up. He said that a competitor is trying to attack the company with rumors. He then says in the same tweet, FTX is fine, assets are fine. Over the weekend, speculation rose about the solvency of FTX. This came after a Coindesk report revealed Alameda Research's balance sheet is full of FTX's native token FTT. So Binance CEO CZ got in on the actions. He said that he would be liquidating the exchange's FTT tokens on its books and there was a little bit of back and forth with alameda ceo adam i'm gonna kick this off to you first i was gone for a week and what a story to come back to (laughs) maybe you can talk us through what is going
2: on the tweet shook the crypto world and money began bleeding out of ftx and fast in a correspondence with staff a presumably panicked sam said that the firm saw a quote giant withdrawal surge as many users rushed to withdraw $6 billion in crypto tokens from FTX in just 72 hours, Sam would remain confident, stating, quote, We're chugging along. Obviously, Binance is trying to go after us. So be it. End quote. The FTT token's price collapsed 80% over the next two days. This resulted in FTX's reserves falling. FTX didn't even have the funds to pay out all of these withdrawals. They had $9 billion in liability, and only $900 million in liquid assets. That's only 10% covered. To stop a further sell-off, Caroline of Alameda offered Binance a deal. Alameda would purchase all the FTT that Binance were dumping on the open market. But CZ, Binance's CEO, answered by stating that they, quote, won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs.
5: Ooh, Ooh so much drama. So binance dumps all the FTT that he has, he's got a ton, and FTT isn't a heavily traded token. So when you got two billion of it sitting around, you dump it on the open market, and you make it very public. You go on Twitter, you let everybody know, "Hey, these guys suck, I'm, I'm out." And when that happened, the whole thing collapsed with it. It was a classic Soros-style move, where he, he was the catalyst, he saw the weakness, he saw the weakness in the armor, and he struck. And everything else uh, fell into place for him. In a way, it's genius because he got rid of a competitor. But in another way, it escalates things. It it, it raises the stakes for the field in general. Now this guy, I think, uh, the CZ of Binance, he is going to be under the microscope, I would imagine, in the days to come. Uh, because this SPF guy is so public and so such a meme that he's made it just a little more mainstream. And every year cryptocurrency gets just a little more mainstream bit by bit by bit as all these cats get older and older, but they're still young. I mean, these guys are only 30 years old and everybody who talks about these guys, everybody who, who brings them up, uh, he, he's, they're all kids. They describe them as kids. They describe them as, as drug, druggy, degenerate, hedonist, kids from sf and i know the type trust me i know i know who these people are it's a beautiful thing uh we have the right guy coming in to clean up the mess of ftx uh the the gentleman sbf of course has resigned or been fired or whatever you want to call it he's stepped down from being the ceo of ftx And they have called in the big guns, people. They have called in the big guns.
4: The other person who has up until now been uninvolved in this story, who's possibly more frustrated than I am, is John Ray III, the new chief executive of FTX. He's an insolvency professional who's been hired in to make order of the mess that is FTX and Alameda Research. John Ray the Third or j or three, as his friends call him. Okay, I made that up, but it's it's what I'm going to be calling him. Uh, but JR3 has plenty of experience in cleaning up corporate messes. He oversaw the liquidation of Enron more than 20 years ago and has described the FTX bankruptcy as the worst case of corporate failure he's seen in more than 40 years. In a court filing that was submitted yesterday, he says that he had never seen such a complete failure of corporate control and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information. Now, just to remind you, he oversaw the liquidation of Enron, and this is his statement about FTX. JR3 describes FTX and Alameda research as plagued with compromised systems integrity, faulty regulatory oversight, and a concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals.
1: Mm,
5: it smells of the dot-com boom. This is a taste of the dot-com boom, as it existed at the turn of the millennium, I can say that. I can call it that. When the dot-com boom happened in Silicon Valley, the dot-com boom, um, you had this on a massive scale where all of these startups, all of these companies, they all wanted to be Apple. They're all operating on not cryptocurrency but on stock options and on stock. They would, they would have a startup and then they would pay people in stock. They would pay construction workers in stock. If the general contractor came in and renovated an office for this startup, the startup would go, you know, we don't have any cash, but we'll give you some stock <laughs> in our company. And all of these startups operated on this very kind of funny money way. That was their version of it. And this is this is the current version. It's a way of, of being able to pay people with money that isn't money. And it's, in, it's based on the value of the company at hand. And when the value of the company and the value of whatever it is that they're giving away in lieu of money uh, dissipates, then it all crumbles quickly because it's built on nothing. This is a, it's a flashback. It's a throwback for me. It's true. It's a true, uh, a moniker of this, of this Bay Area, man, which is built on a, a very fickle gold mining scheme in, from the very beginning i give a shout out to some people in the chat. Junta's is in there. He says that I did the newsletter. It's true. I did do the newsletter. If you go to Zosos Corner, that's Z-O-S-O-S Corner dot dot com episode 127, you will find that uh, there is a newsletter and there's all kinds of information, everything I've talked about. It's all referenced. I'm not pulling this out of my hat. I'm not looking. This is, this is real stuff, people. Real stuff. Uh, yeah. And Pitar is right. CZ of Binance said that it would take a few months to unload their stash of FTT tokens. And I'm sure that's true because it's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, asset to offload, but he said he would do it and he said he was committed to it. So there you go. The tweets again, that I mentioned in the last show are really, uh, the tweets from SBF. And I think his Twitter handle is SBF underscore FTX. And he melted down. He went from one day he you know Binance was gonna come in and buy him out and save him. In one day he went from, oh thank you, C Z you're the man to oh C Z you scumbucket. You know, you're my sworn enemy publicly. It was it's hilarious. It's hilarious to look at. Uh speaking of Junta, who's hanging out in the in the troll room I'm sorry, not in the troll in the green room, and a troll room as well. There are a lot of great people hanging out there. Bully Steed. Oliver Hart, Private Browsing is in there. Moth is in there. Not just the Mothman, but Moth. Uh, Servo, Nom, Nom of, uh, of uh, Millennial Media Offensive is in there. If you ever watch Millennial Media Offensive, which is a great show. A lot of people hanging out. If you go to hashtag greenroom uh, in irc.zeronode.net. But Junta brought some excellent information uh, to my attention today. It was uh, something concerning inflation and tacos. Uh, tacoflation, if you will. And this is, I'm just going to read it uh, verbatim when he sent because I think he sums it up very nicely. Inflation, recession, depression, etc. All of these economic terms are not useful to the median American, but what is extremely relevant is how far their paycheck will go at a fast food restaurant. Now, I looked up the original Taco Bell menu and I found that a minimum wage job in 1965 bought you a burrito after 15 minutes of work. 15 minutes of work in 1965 got you a burrito. Today, to buy a Taco Bell burrito today with 15 minutes of work, you would have to make $23 to $24 an hour since most people made four to five times as much as the minimum wage in 1965, that means that you'd have to really make about 80 to $90 an hour in today's market to have the same amount of buying power at Taco Bell that you did in 1965. Let that sink in. Four to five times as much to buy the same amount of stuff at Taco Bell. And I have pictures of a Taco Bell from 1965. You can see it with your own eye holes. The, the, back when they had Bell burgers. Back when they actually sold hamburgers at Taco Bell. But you could get a taco for 25 cents. You get a burrito for 15 cents. Frijoles? Nothing. Easy. Nowadays? God. You go to Chipotle, 20 bucks. You go to Taco Bell, 20 bucks. I'm going to blurt out all of that because we're not advertising any of those those sadistic corporations. A root beer was 10 cents, goddammit. I feel like an old man. Just yelling, yelling at the clouds. So I want to thank Junta. Thank you, Junta, for bringing this horrifying and terrible information to my attention. And he also has some references. He has a Huffington Post article as well as some government wages about uh, government pages about wages. Some page wages. Some wage pages that you can check out where he references the minimum wage and the median wage. So thank you, Junta. I appreciate that uh, for doing that. The, uh, the, the the price of a possessive astrophe is too damn high. Uh, it's too damn high. So thank you. I love I love getting old. I love being an old man. It feels good. It feels right. I'm becoming more of who I really, truly am every day. And I hope that you are all too. Uh, we This is a two-act program, by the way. I don't know if I... I think I mentioned that already tonight. And uh, again, just so everybody knows, it's November 21st, 2022. It's currently 8.47 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast, over here on the Bereft Coast. and uh, And it's episode 127. And we are, I think, going to take a little intermission. We've talked about SBF. We've talked about tacoflation. I have some very, very uh, second, second half of show type material coming up after this brief intermission. I hope you enjoy. Part of this program is, you know, we do a little music. We do a little info. We do a little this, a little that. A little of this. A little of that. And so I'd like uh, for you to join me on this intermission journey. Uh, By the way, you can always give us a call. We have a voicemail line, and I'd like to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. And if you don't want to talk, well, then you can always text. You can always text. You can text us at 612-263-7999, or you can call us at 612-263-7999. It's easy. Just give us a call. won't cost you nothing. 612-263-7999. We're going to take a brief intermission. You go ahead. You have a smoke. You have a drink. You do whatever it is that you do on a Monday night because Monday nights ain't for amateurs. It ain't for rookies. You know what I'm saying? It's for the real people. The people. See ya.
8: Ryan, yeah, we got... Yeah, sure, yeah. Hey, can I get you a drink? While I get Tony, you you, you want a cocktail? We We got a great cocktail
1: guy. No, I don't want a drink. I just want to... I just want to talk to Tony. I'm going to be here for five minutes, and I'm going to get out of here,
7: so just... Please and thank you. Just, uh, please go get time.
8: On the house, man, I'm telling you, we got really good drinks. We got,
1: uh,
8: we got, uh, these, uh, these cucumber drinks that are just unbelievable if you want to try them out.
1: No, man, I I don't want to, no, I don't want to, I don't need anything. Thank you. I just, Please go get your boss, and I'll be right here.
7: I appreciate it. I'm sorry to take every time. I don't need I don't need a
5: drink. Can I, I
8: get you I, a, a glass of water, maybe? I, 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 I really don't. I don't need
1: something? a... No. No. No, we, we don't need anything.
5: is fake and the better reserves simply you try to inflate all of the money you make and always keep you in debt and never leave you alone no matter how much you take lay it down on skinny and let the old beat ride and we can bury a church and I can show you what's worth on the inside Kids, Illuminati is real. Wealthy bloodlines are rape and kill, and I always pay the bill of the media diet. And they could think it, they could lie it. You kill a man outside in broad daylight, and nobody, nobody think thinks twice. twice. And with the world to bone, but nobody's home, I must be nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey kids,
5: if you got love in your heart, you, you could play your part, you could have a new start, have something to rise for, live for something, oh to die for, other than the war. You enjoy it to the many, you pet a dog or a cat, you gotta loose the noose so the lizards win, we can't have that. Yeah, yeah. Hey kids, don't do drugs yet. Try to learn things. Be cool to one another and fight the Antichrist with all of your heart. Don't let the lizard people who enslave all of us get you down. Know that you are loved and deserve the best in this life. Be cool, everyone. Be cool, everyone. Be cool, everyone. Be cool, everyone. Cool, everyone. Cool, everyone.
1: Cool, everyone.
5: This message brought to you by the Teachers Association of Order. of War-
1: Behind the song who berry berry berry
8: berry
1: berry And Lavin Hello
8: Guess who Hello Guess who?
3: Hello My name is Richard Roma So Richard Roma. This is Richard Roman with Premier Properties. You just cost me $6,000. What? $6,000. What are you talking about? Don't fuck with me, fella. I'm talking about a fucking Cadillac car that you owe me. You told me close thus and so you get the car. Fuck you, you owe me the car. Excuse
8: me, what number are you calling?
3: Mr. Williamson. Jim.
8: Excuse me, I don't know what you're talking about, and that language is not acceptable.
3: You just cost me six thousand dollars.
8: I didn't cost you anything. With what, what are you talking about? What
3: are you gonna do about it, asshole? Did you hear what I said? Six thousand dollars,
8: sir. I don't know what Jim, you're talking about.
3: It's the goof of all time. What? You know me.
8: What are you talking about? D. Ray
3: Morton. Premier Properties.
8: You're from Premier Property? What about Premier Property? I don't know. Sir, what are you talking about? You
3: just cost me $6,000. And one catalog.
8: I cost you $6,000 for yes. what?
3: Don't fuck with me, fella. I'm talking about a fucking Cadillac car. Listen, car don't
8: talk own. to me with such language. I don't know what you're talking about. Your you're name is sh- Richard Woma, premier property, $6,000. I have no idea what you're talking about. Where and were you And your last language night? is not acceptable. Now stop swearing at me.
3: Where were you last night?
8: Where was I what?
3: Where were you last night?
8: Where was I last night? Yes. That's right. I've had just about enough goodbye. No. What do you mean no? Oh, Christ, I'm sorry. Sir, you've got the wrong number. I don't know what you're
3: talking about. What's the point? What's the fucking point? In any
8: case, I gotta argue with you. Excuse me, what are you arguing about? I don't know what you're talking about.
3: You just cost me $6,000.
8: Well, that's too bad. I'm glad that I cost you $6,000 because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Did you hear what I said? I heard what you said! To help us! Goodbye! Hello?
3: You just cost me $6,000. What is this? I don't know. was ridiculous. Jim. Is this a business deal or what? Yes. You just cost me $6,000. Who are you? You just cost me $6,000. $6,000. Fantastic. How'd I do that? This is Richard Roman with Premier Properties. That doesn't mean anything to me. Don't fuck with me, fella. I'm talking about a fucking Cadillac car that you owe me. Cadillac car? I don't even have a Cadillac car. You told me close thus and so you get the car. Fuck you, you owe me the car. I don't have any Cadillac car. You got the wrong number. You company man. Company? Yes. Premier property. I don't work for any company. I'm retired. Why'd you do that? Why did I do that? Yes. That's right. I'm 65, 68, actually. You fucking shit. $6, well, you know what you do. dollars. Where were you oh, last night? I have night? no idea. Where were you last night? Right here at home. What do you mean, where was I? Yes. Where were you last night? Right here at home. Who is this? What are you was talking it? about? Did you ever take a dump and made you feel like you just slept for 12 hours? Did you hear what I said? Did you... You don't know what I'm... I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, answer me. Six thousand dollars. What about six thousand dollars? You just cost me six thousand dollars. Oh, good. How'd I do that? Don't fuck with me, fella. I'm talking about a fucking Cadillac car that you owe me. I don't have any Cadillac car. Jim. This is Jim. Why'd she do that? Jim. Do what? I'll call back later. No, I'm telling you that
8: to pocketbook. Keep talking.
3: to has God! Shut up. Cadillac car. Do you know you got a big mouth? What? You fairy. Oh, yeah. well, you're a nice person. You're a real nice person. What you're hired for is to help us. Does that seem clear to you? Hired? I don't work for anybody. To help us, not to fuck us up. To help men who are going out there to try to earn a living, you fairy. You certainly have the wrong number. I don't know what you're talking me. This is me, Richard Roma. I have no idea who you are. Where you
8: Fuck live? you! Fuck you! Good morning, Horseshoe Southern Indiana. This is everything you get your call.
0: Who is it this time?
8: I beg your pardon? Who are you? You have Horseshoe Southern Indiana.
0: Yes! I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm sorry? Excuse me, I have a few more questions if you don't mind. Okay. Where's John Connor?
8: I'm sorry, who's who?
0: John Connor.
8: I have no idea, sir. What department does he work?
0: Hey, I'm a police officer.
8: That he's a police officer?
0: Yes, correct.
8: Are you, are you trying to reach someone in security? Yeah. That
0: you know,
7: he's a police officer? Yes. One moment. I'm they're Southern Indiana. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm fine. Yourself?
0: I'm a cybernetic organism.
7: Okay, you listen keep breaking up: breaking very time. carefully.
0: Yeah. One of yes. us is in deep trouble. Who? You.
7: I am. Impersonating
0: an officer, resisting arrest, fraud, reckless driving, and lying to the sheriff.
1: Huh. Yeah. Now, who's Excuse there?
0: me, I have a few more questions if you don't mind. I'm Detective John there? Kimball. Hey, I'm a police officer.
7: Well, how do I know that you are? Trust me. Well how am I gonna trust you if I don't how do I know if you are? Why not? Well, you know. I don't know. I just don't know if you are or not.
0: Stop being such a pussy. I'm wasting my time.
7: Hold on a minute. Let me get let me get your number on this line, this phone. No deal. Then got it. Okay. Now what do yeah. you need?
0: I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want About to have what? them answered immediately. Where is she? Who? I'm a friend of Sierra Connor. I was told that she's here. What's the matter?
7: Well, let me tell you, she's not here.
0: And you expect me to believe you? You know you're lying. uh,
7: Well, you uh, got both of her friends, so she's probably with the other robot there. You on here? Yes. Okay, let me... What you need?
0: You're not the one I want.
7: Uh, Well, who do you want?
0: Let me talk to your mother.
7: Well, my mother's not here.
0: You know you're lying. Get your mother, please. Uh
7: huh. Uh-huh.
0: Do it now. Come on. Where is she? Who? Sarah Connor.
7: I don't know where she's at.
0: Don't fucking bullshit me.
7: I'm not.
0: No, it is not true.
7: What's
0: that? You Stop her? it! Stop whining. You lack discipline.
7: Huh.
0: Well, I've got news huh? for you. You are mine now. You belong to me.
7: Is that right?
0: Yeah. You psychopathic bitch.
7: Oh, I am, am I?
0: Affirmative.
7: You don't even know me.
0: Come on, baby. You know you're the girl of my dreams.
7: Huh? Do you know me?
0: Yeah.
7: Okay, who am I?
0: Catherine Brewster?
7: No, I don't think so.
0: Come on, don't bullshit me.
7: Aw, I like bullshitting people. You
0: son of a bitch. Don't do that. Don't do what? So don't give me that crap. Huh? Don't bullshit me.
7: Bullshit who? Who am I bullshitting? Are you on here? Yes. Well, why ain't you talking to me when I talk to you?
0: You're a damaged goods lady.
7: Am I now? Seems yeah. like you're a big chicken not telling me who you are. Negative. You can't tell me who you are? No. Why not? I'm not
0: authorized to answer your question.
7: Yeah, I think you Desire can.
0: is irrelevant. Huh? I am a machine. What's the Why matter? Do I hear
7: music? Why do I hear music in the background? I don't know. You sure you don't need any help? No. Back come?
0: What do you want from me? Hello? I want to ask you a bunch of questions.
7: Who is this?
0: I'm a cop, you idiot! Where are you? California.
7: I'm sorry, your phone's breaking up. What'd you say? California. Well, sir, I'm gonna hang up now.
0: Go and kiss your mother's behind.
5: Yeah. Yeah, you do that. It's episode 127 of Behind the Schemes. It's November 21st, 2022. It's 9.14 p.m. here on the bereft coast here on the west, the west world coast, which means that it is currently 10.14 over in mountain time, 11.14 on the central coast. And, uh, oh gosh, does that mean that it's midnight 14 over there on the east? Well, that's Good for them! It's midnight in the sewer over there. With Nick the Rat and everybody. By the way, if you don't listen to Nick the Rat, Nick the Rat is one of the best shows out there. Uh, you can always check him out every Wednesday night at around uh, eight p.m. Pacific, which I think is ten Central, eleven Eastern. Imagine that! Here's the man. The fact that he starts his show at eleven o'clock at night. Uh, I love Nick. NickTheRat.com. dot com. Check it out. It's it's one of the one of the best podcasts in the universe. And that's kind of underselling it, because it's not even a podcast. It's its own thing. It's Nick the Rat. You can watch him on Twitch. You can watch him do all kinds of stuff. He's a he's a very, uh, you know, very flexible rat. Um, we had him on here one time. We we, we gave him a little uh, DNA test that we stole from him, and he, he seemed to be pretty pleased with it. So around second, second half of the show. By the way, my name is Lavish. And I host this show with Booberry. We host this show every single Monday night here on the No Agenda stream and also on our own stream. And uh, we are lit through CurioCaster. We are podcasting 2.0 compliant. We are value for value. And uh, I'd like to give a, a special thank you to Sir Bemrose, who curates the No Agenda stream. If you have any complaints about No Agenda stream, you can always send it to Sir Ryan Bemrose. He's there. And uh, he's always willing to help, and uh, he has a great show himself. Actually, he has a number of great shows. Uh, there's Grumpy Old Ben's, which he hosts with Darren O'Neill, and there's also Angry Tech News, which he hosts with himself. Doesn't do. Doesn't doesn't need anybody. Just just has it himself. But this is the second second half of show. So on this part for value for value, uh. With value for value in mind. We'd like to thank all of the producers that came through that sent financial contributions or otherwise that went into the production of this episode, this being 127. And I'd like to do that now. I'd like to thank Make Heroism and by proxy, Mary Kate Ultra as well, of course. They sent in 39.28 American uh, USD from the old uh, threadless shirts enterprise that they've set up for us. Uh, thank you so much for that. And for also Make Heroism showed me today Zohar Lazar, who is an artist who's made a, a series of art involving the gentleman that I just talked about, uh, Sam Bankman Freed. So if you want to see some excellent uh, artisanal, medium, high-grade, low-tech, wild, off-the-shelf stuff. You go to zoso'scorner.substack.com, episode one twenty seven. You can see the Zohar Lazar art there that was brought to us uh, gracefully, as well as this thirty nine twenty eight for Make Care Wisdom and Mary Kate Ultra. So thank you so much. Uh, you can hear them and their uh, their sexy talent in the in the phone line jingle, which you can also call 612-263-7999. and let me know what's on your mind. And they want to know as well. So thank you very much. The MKs, as I call them, make heroism and mk ultra. Thank you. Um, I'd also like to take this time to thank Sir Cross Stitch. Uh, he's been coming in regular, real regular. I'm talking fibrous with five dollars and thirty-three cents. Thank you so much, Sir Cross Stitch, coming through the PayPal, very spectacular. A little culty with the thirty-threes, and we appreciate that. That's the kind of action. That we look for around here. That's what we. That's what we enjoy, and seeing the numbers, well, it just tickles my my old, cold, dead heart. It really does. Um, we also have. Thank you, sir stitch. Can't thank you enough. Bayern Giant or Bayer N Giant, and he sent in a solid six dollars and sixty six cents. Thank you, sir. Once more, you've been coming in again and again and again. And I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. That's super awesome, solid, great of you, and uh, and I appreciate the hell out of it. And I know Booberry does as well. So thank you, Bear and Giant. We know you're out there. You're uh, you're lovely. You're beautiful. Thank you, solid. I'd also like to thank Junta uh, for sending in some clips. He sent in uh, a few things. Uh, I I've played one of them tonight. I'll throw in the other one, I think, a little later when when it's appropriate. Uh, so thanks, Junja. And also thank you, of course, for the taco index topic. Very, very kind of you for your research and for your time and for your talent. And uh, I also noticed he sent me a picture of uh, some work that he's doing out in the homestead. And he has a solid tea kettle. So I wanted to give that tea kettle a shout out. It looked like it was made of some real nice material. Looks like it was a very sturdy tea kettle. And uh, since it's just me tonight, I can go ahead and I can say that. You know, I'll just say what's on my mind. It's a, it's a great tea kettle. What do you want from me? Um, It's the little things in life that that make everything worth it. Also, we have another producer coming in, Sir, Sir Seat Sitter. He's a freak tonight because he's backing that old thing up. He's backing that old thing up. He's backing up the recording tonight. So thank you very much, Sir Seat Sitter. I appreciate it your technical support uh, for the evening's production. We are just trying to cover our bases and this is a podcast community. So you might as well uh, just, uh, you know, you might as well dip into the pool, swim around, see, see what people might help you out with if you, if you ask. So thank you, sir, seat sitter. I hope that your poker game is going well. And uh, while I have the opportunity, I, I'm, It's not officially in the Freaks of Hazards list. But I would like to thank the green room. I've mentioned the green room already. This is our chat room. And it's a real chat room on an IRC client, if you can find it, if you can find a good client that you agree with. Or you can simply go to our website at BehindTheSchemes.com with threes for E's and schemes. Or you can go to LoveIsLit.com and that will take you to our website where we will... Uh, be able to direct you to the Kiwi link. And if you can click on the Kiwi link, you can get in the chat room very easily. And then from there, you can talk to people if it strikes your fancy, if it's something that you actually like doing. Well, then you can get yourself a client like Hex Chat or something along those lines. And you can get yourself into a real honest-to-God chat room. It's something delightful. You owe yourself the experience because every show that we do, every single show that we do, is live. We do it live. There's no... Cuts or edits or anything. I mean, there is a little bit of post-production. But we do everything live. We, we report everything live. We've got the notes in there. We've got everybody hanging out in the chat. And everybody's yelling at us and stuff. As a matter of fact, right now, as we speak, Pitar is unloading a, a barrage of 6666 66 sats. That would be Satoshi's. That would be Bitcoin. And uh, he is absolutely unloading in the chat right now. And unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we're fresh out of goats because we had goats. This is a small operation. you have, You have to understand. this is a value value production. you know we we feel the love and everything like that. but we can't go out and we can't buy you know a thousand goats at a time. We had a certain amount of goats and and people slaughtered every single one of those goats. I mean, all and we've got more coming in. We needed to order more. To have them come in because the the bloodlust of this chat room is unparalleled. There is no chat room in the world that desires to rip apart a goat the way that the green room does. And so, if you want to join the green room, you can get yourself involved in the goat slaughter. Uh, I'm going to count these out real quick. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 11 goat slaughters. And unfortunately, I hate to tell you I got to give you an IOU. We're going to slaughter all these goats. I think next week we'll do a make good. When we have boobs back, we'll get everybody involved. we we'll get the whole team and we will get the goats. We'll, we're going to have our fresh crop and we are going to decimate them. Absolutely eviscerate our population of goats. Um, for you, because you 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 did it. If you can find a podcast app that is a little more fancy than your typical ones, you know you have your Spotify's, your Apple's, your Amazons, whatever. You also could find a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, which means that you could find something that I you mean, know, like Curiocaster, Fountain, something like that. It you get access to a lot more material. You are able to do these. Little Bitcoin payments, if you so choose, and you can get involved in all the fun, like slaughtering goats and putting them back together. But you can also have access to chapters, which is something that we do, uh, among other things, transcripts, clips, things like that. You're able to engage visually with the show. If you have your phone out and you're listening through, you can skip to all the topics that that interest you, or you can skip through whatever that doesn't interest you, And each and every chapter will have its own unique handcrafted chapter art. There is a massive visual element to this show. And if you aren't at the show notes at zososcorner.substack.com, and if you're not listening to this show through a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, then you are missing out a massive amount of the show that comes to you absolutely free of charge. That's the part of value for value. No paywalls, no nothing. And a lot of stuff uh, reflects in that. So... Anyway, they just wanted to take that time to thank everybody. Thank everybody in the green room as well, of course. We have Clip Custodian in the house, El Duterino himself, uh, the mastermind. If you ever listen to No Agenda, uh, the show No Agenda, uh, he's, he's, he's contributed thousands upon thousands of clips. He's a huge part of that show. We also have Oliver Hart. We have C-Dubs. We have Nam. We have Bully Steed, Pitar, Junta. Uh, we have Private Browsing. And we have all kinds of people that aren't in the chat room, but they're listening all over all over the world. As a matter of fact, according to this paper that I have in my hand right now, you, according to this piece of paper that I have in my hand right here, uh, it says that we are the 108th most popular podcast in the United Arab Emirates. So, I mean, you know, not to boast, not to, you know toot my own horn out there, but everybody who's hanging out in the Holy Land, hey, nice to see you. Thanks for listening in and thanks to everybody else who's listening in. We're live every single Monday night, 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. And uh, and we're here for you. This is episode 127. My name is Lavish and it's a pleasure. So we are in the second, second half of show and um, I was introduced this week to a very... very shocking and and beautiful array of literature, fine literature, from one of the all-time greats of the English language, James Joyce. Now, this uh, particular bit of information was shared with me by a friend. And it turns out that Joyce, who is famous for such uh, things as Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake, and certain things of that manner, a great Irish uh, literary giant. Uh, it turns out that he had quite a a an exchange, if you will, with his with his lover, uh, whose name was Nora. And uh, I guess that they eventually got married, and they they were they were together. And it turns out that this this great literary giant, this this Joyce fellow, who I think is just Just the bee's knees. Uh, Certainly one of the biggest to ever come out of Ireland. He was uh, quite explicit with the notes that he would send with his wife. It turns out that, that he was into some shit, as the kids say. And I wanted to, before the evening was through, just share a little bit of this. This is very important. This is history, people. This is history, people. This isn't just some dilly dally whatever writer coming out of the you know bush. We're talking about James Joyce, the man. Um, but I feel that the the situation calls for a certain amount of um, finesse. It, it calls for a certain amount of something. So I'm going to put on this music here, and I'm just going to let us go back to the olden times this is the 8th of December 1909 really not far from where we are now at the time of this recording Uh, it's winter it's getting cold and you want the, the embrace of your lover by you and we have this letter that was written on the 8th of December 1909 At 44 Fontenoy Street, Dublin. And if you're looking for the run on sentence, chain of consciousness uh, style that James Joyce is so famous for, you need not worry, it won't be here. It's only going to be a regular old letter written in 1909. And it goes as follows Have a drink. My sweet, little whorish Nora. I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and pulled myself off twice when I read your letter. I am delighted that you do like being fucked arseways. Yes. Now I can remember that night when I fucked you for so long backwards. It was the dirtiest fucking thing I ever gave you, darling. My prick was stuck up in you for hours, fucking in and out of your upturned rump. I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly, and I saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting through your lips, and if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat dirty farts came spluttering at your backside. You had an arse full of farts that night, my darling, and I fucked them out of you. Big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little merry cracks, and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. It is wonderful to fuck a farting woman when every fuck drives out one of her. I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet windy fart which I imagine fat wives have. It is sudden, and dry, and dirty, like what a bold girl would let off in fun in a school dormitory at night. I hope Nora will let off no end of her farts in my face so that I may know their smell also. You say when I go back you will suck me off and you will want to lick your cunt, you little depraved blackguard. I hope you will surprise me sometime when I am asleep, dressed. Steal over me with a horse glow in your slumberous eyes. Gently undo button after button in the fly of my trousers while I gently take out your lover's fat mickey and I lap it up in your moist mouth and suck away at it until it gets fatter and stiffer and comes off in your mouth sometime too I shall surprise you asleep I shall lift up your skirt and I will open your hot drawers gently and then lie down gently by you and begin to lick lazily around your bush. You will begin to stir uneasily, and then I will lick the lips of your darling's cut. And then you will begin to groan and grunt and sigh and fart with lust in your sleep. And then I will lick up faster and faster like a ravenous dog until you're To your cunt is a massive slime, and your body wriggles wildly. Good night, my little farting Nora, my dirty little fuckbird. There is one lovely word, darling, you have underlined to make me pull myself off better. So thank you. Write me more about that. And yourself. Sweetly. Sweetly. Jim. I want to thank you for coming to tonight's reading of Joyce with me, Lavish, on the Behind the Schemes program. That again was a sample of his work of the 8th of December, 1909, written at 44 Fontenoy Street, Dublin, Ireland. feel that you feel that that warm glow that's culture rinsing over you like a great wave of passion and and intellect and and, and linguistic uh knowledge the overtures they overwhelm the mind it, it explodes the brain to consider to to even conceive of the passion of this man this great great man and his lovers her her passion as well unfortunately all of the letters that were coming from nora were uh you know they weren't they were destroyed i guess they were lost they can't find them they cannot find the letters from this woman it it, it draws me to think of george washington and his wife when when george washington died his wife burned all of his letters because you know that the letters that J, george washington was writing to his wife was as fucking was like that dude it was it was naughty bullshit it was some dirty some dirty stuff um it's it's beautiful it's glorious i cannot tell you how thrilled i am as a matter of fact i'm going to do just another quick reading just another just a little sampling just a quick one just to just to tuck you in at night i know that it'll be good it's good stuff this is great stuff this is uh, this is beautiful. This was written on the on the sixteenth of December, nineteen oh nine, at again forty four Fontenoy Street, Dublin, Ireland. My sweet darling girl. At last you write to me. You must have given that naughty little cunt of yours, a most ferocious frigging, to write me such a disjointed letter. As for me, darling, I am so played out that you would have to lick me for a good hour before I could get a horn stiff enough, even, to put into you to say nothing of blocking you. I have done so much, and so often, that I am afraid to look to see how that thing I had is after all I have done to myself, darling. Please, don't fuck me too much when I go back. Fuck me all you can uh, out of me for the first night or so, but please, make me get myself cured. The fucking must all be done by you, darling. I am so soft and small that now no girl in Europe except yourself would waste her time trying the job. No, fuck me, darling. In as many ways as your lust will suggest, fuck me dressed in your full outdoor costume with your hat and your veil and your face flushed with the cold and the wind and the rain and your boots muddy, either straddling across my legs when I am sitting in the chair or riding me up and down the frills of your drawers showing and my cock sticking up stiff in your cunt or riding me over the back of the sofa. Fuck me naked with your hat, your stockings only flat on the floor with a crimson flower and your hole behind, riding me like a man with your thighs between mine and your rump, very fat. Fuck me in your dressing gown, I hope it's a nice one, and nothing on under it, opening it suddenly and showing your belly and thighs and back and pulling me on top of you. On the kitchen table, fuck me in your arse, lying on your face in your bed, fuck your hair, flying loose naked with the lovely scented pink pair of drawers, open shamelessly behind and half-slipping down your peeping bunk, Fuck me if you can squat in the closet with your clothes up, grunting like a young sow during her done, the big, fat, dirty snake and thing slowly crawling out of your backside. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck me on the stairs in the dark, like a nursery fucking her soldier, unbuttoning his trousers gently and her hand into his fly, and fiddling with his shirt and feeling it getting wet and then pulling it gently up and then fiddling his two bursting balls and at last pulling out boldly the Mickey she loves to handle and frigging it softly... I've come now, and the foolery is over. A thousand kisses down, Jim. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. We can all, I think we can all borrow something from this. This is very, very important work. That we, we need to keep in mind. We need to we need to remember. Well, I want to thank you all again for joining me on this very cultured evening. I hope you enjoyed the readings. I hope you enjoyed the information on SBF uh, and also on the taco uh, indexes and whatnot. We have some lovely voicemails that have come in. I don't know if you know this, but we have a voicemail line. Uh, you can call us or text us at 612-263-7999. Again, that's 612 612- Two six three, seven nine, nine nine nine, nine 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 nine, seven nine nine nine. That's right. Six one two two six three
7: seven nine nine nine. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My model's always there when it's brightest, bright. Why into the middle of a cold dark night when it. Everything's
1: a little clearer in
7: the light of day. And
1: we know the light is always gonna be here anyway. Damn. Thinking of you working at my <laughs> outfit, <laughs> <Love>, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> time was for your little afternoon, daylight. And the sun began to make a ride and ride and a ball. Look when you're getting snowy. God, it's been bright and bright. Boo! Afternoon delight! Whoop! Uh,
7: afternoon
5: delight! Uh, afternoon delight! Thank you. Thank you so much, caller. That was absolutely gorgeous. Callers. That, I don't know if you noticed, but that's a, that was a dynamic harmony that you just heard there. That was a real... That was a real uh, a kicker there. That wasn't just people calling in and, and singing a drunk tune. That was the real thing. So thank you very much to those wonderful, beautiful callers that just called in and sang us that beautiful tune. According to the chat, it was Private Browsing and her friend. So thank you, Private Browsing. And thank you to Private Browsing's friend, wherever you may be in this great white world. Perhaps you're on the Bref Coast. Perhaps you're on the East Coast. Who knows? But thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we still have a little time. You can give us a call. You can give us a call at 612-263-7999. It's easy. It's so easy. All you got to do is just call. 612-263-7999. Let me know what you're thinking, baby. One, two, two, six, three, seven, nine, nine. Thank you so much for spending your time with me on this beautiful Monday evening. Uh, You've been listening to Behind the Schemes, and it's hosted by myself, Lavish, also known as Sir Lavish. And I host it with a gentleman named Boo Berry, who I hope is uh, doing very well wherever he is. We are live every single Monday night. Every single Monday night. Every single Monday night, despite holidays or anything. doesn't matter. We're here at we start roughly around 7 30 pacific 9 30 central 10 30 eastern and 8 30 mountain time for all you guys who get butt hurt every time don't bring up the fucking mountain time but we got the mountain time in there now so you know you win mountains good for you good for you uh this has been episode 127 and uh this is a value for value production which means that we don't have ads We don't have any corporate sponsors if you like the show and you want to check out maybe some of the other episodes that we've done, uh, you can always go to our website at behindtheschemes.com with threes for E's in the schemes. Or uh, you can go to loveislit.com. And uh, you can always just make it easy for yourself. Love is lit because it's true. It's a, it's a fact. Love is lit. And uh, yeah. So we'll be back next Monday with Boobs himself. Everybody loves Booby. Uh, the hardest working man in show business. This guy has been single-handedly fucking crafting musicals from the from the twinkle in his eye. And so we gotta we gotta give him his due diligence. He's doing his thing. And uh I always miss him, you know. Me Boobs and I we're good buddies, you know, we talk all the time. Uh this has been a great time, a great time. I'd like to think again, the chat room. Thanks for hanging out with us, as always, The Green Room, Bully Steed, Servo, C-Dubs, Private Browsing, p the goat boogeyman himself, the great, the great goat fear, the reason why I'm all out of goats is because this man cannot stop fucking killing all of them, fucking killing every single one of my fucking goats, every single one of my goats. Has been uh, slayed. At least the vast majority of them. To Petar also. Pfeiffer. And if you want to get in on the goat slaughter, you can always get a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, Curiocaster, Fountain. There are other ones out there. You just look it up. Podcasting 2.0. And you can send us a small payment of six 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 sets, and you can kill yourself. A goat. It's true. It's a true story. Not a lie. Not a joke either and uh, it's always such a pleasure to be here on the beautiful the luxurious Behind the Schemes That's right, Behind the Schemes
1: Uh, uh uh, yeah.
5: Yes, indeed. Thank you again for tuning in episode 127. Once again, I'm Lavish. This is Behind the Schemes. We're live every Monday night. Thank you, No Agenda Stream. If you're listening on the No Agenda Stream, the No Agenda Stream is going 24-7. 24-fucking-7. A lot of the shows are live like this one and if you are a regular listener through the weekday you will find that out yourself uh, you can go to spook.social check us out on mastodon behind the schemes.com. you can go to our chat room at irc.zeronote.net hashtag green room, and you give us a call 612-263-7999 we're value for value which means we don't have any ads we don't have any bullshit we're just trying to fucking have a good time and get the word out and talk about stuff that we think is worth talking about See you next time. Buenas noches.
1: What is hentai? I've never even
8: seen hentai porn. Dear Santa Claus, it's been a long time since I talked to you.
5: I know I haven't been a very good boy, and in fact, I've been pretty naughty. But, if you could see it to just come back into my life, Santa, I, I'm in so much pain. I need you Now more than ever, Santa Claus. Please. Amen.